Hey guys, so this is something a little bit different than uh, really anything we've ever done, but uh, essentially we went through recording an episode and then ended up having to uh, scrap a good bit of it in favor of re-recording it. But um, as is the way of life in things that seem like complete losses, there's always some good things and, and, and there were uh, good points and, and, and good conversation had. And so what I wanted to do, uh, what we wanted to do was basically throw that together, make it a bonus episode and still get you guys something. Uh, because uh, w there, there was no way for us to repeat or replicate this because it was all so just off the cuff and, and just what came from the heart uh, when discussing, um, you know, the fandoms that we love and everything and the the idea that uh, folks don't like it and, and trying to understand why uh, anyone could not like a part of Star Wars or um, maybe how we can come to not like other things that people love. And um, so I guess hopefully uh, it's still good uh, and enjoyable conversation and, um, you know, you enjoy it uh, just as a, light, a little bite-sized piece of Nerd Herder and all of that good stuff. Uh, full episode will be releasing soon. Um, that deals with a little bit of what we talked about here, but like I said, not not a not a repetition um, just because uh, we're, we're too cool to repeat the magic twice. So uh, enjoy and um, look in the comments uh, or look in the description for uh, links to all the important stuff to get the full episode uh, when it comes out soon and future episodes and all of that good stuff. So without further ado, enjoy. Yeah, we've been doing this for three years now. Uh, well, not not completely three years. August will be three years, but we're in our soon-to-be third year. And so, um, have we learned a lot? I don't no. know. No. <laughs> have we've we gotten actually, better? I don't think so. I but, think we've actually gotten stupider. <laughs> right? Uh, it's because we get more followers and they encourage us more. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, in, in doing this a while, we've done a lot of things. Um, you know, we are on to 80-something episodes of this. We've done, oh, gosh, I don't remember how many episodes of Clone Wars. We did so all many. kinds of other things. I mean, we've been doing it for a while. So we've done a many a thing. And, um, you know, we're big believers that people progress and people change. And, and it's good to, you know, just uh, frisk yourself, to, to frisk your personality, to check who you are every now and then. Mm -hmm. Um and, and and so being lovers of Star Wars, the whole reason we do this podcast, and, and of course lovers of other things too that we've been able to thankfully introduce, yes. but um, Star Wars in particular, it, it's one of those things where I think people should revisit and, and check in. Not that they need to change their opinion, but just to um, re-solidify their opinion or, or maybe to change their opinion. Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem with a lot of uh, fandom gatekeeping is because people experienced it once and haven't experienced it outside of that time capsule. You might have watched the movies hundreds of times and made yourself a real fan, sure, but you haven't really checked in with yourself of, is this still the Star Wars? Is this still the only good thing in this show? Do I still hate the new stuff? And mm -hmm. I think people just experience things in such an echo chamber that they genuinely convince themselves that that is the only opinion they have and the only way they'll be opinionated yeah and they just never progress and your your opinions of star wars aren't the biggest deal in mm -hmm. in your livelihood but it's what we talk about so yeah i mean like you said it's so important to give things a second try because like your first opinion may not be you at your best, I'll say. 
um, like, the first time I watched The Phantom Menace, I had a low opinion of it. Mm -hmm. That's because, you know, I had been inundated with internet culture Mm -hmm. for most of my life at that point. Well, not the first time I watched it. The first time I consciously rewatched it, I think. Um, But, like, it... It wasn't true. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was the whole thing, is, like, I came back to it and watched it much later, um, and it it's one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. now. And, you know, sometimes you can have a, a experience like that, or sometimes you can just watch uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation again and just be re-solidified. But, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we are not original beings at all. We are not pure Um <clears throat> in and of ourselves the the thing people think is that because i experienced it this way i can completely judge it mm-hmm. um and there's no reason it would change because then that would make me wrong you know but you, it could have been, been everything from the kind of day you had before you watched a movie mm-hmm. it could have been everything from what you heard about it um like your case it could have been who you're trying to impress, who, who um, you know, pays the bills. It could be anything that dictates what you think. Like, yeah. sadly, we can't too often think originally. And that's not a, that's, that's not, not a, a yeah, it's just, it's, we're human. I mean, we can't live in a, a little marble of people, you know, 60 billion plus and com- expect to be completely original and unique all the time. You're definitely still you, but a lot of our thought patterns, a lot of our speech patterns, a lot of the way we dress, a lot of things are informed by other things and and, and culture. And so, you know, forcing yourself, it's not just like, that's our natural state. So to force ourselves to re-experience, to force ourselves to think through our feelings mm-hmm. about anything. Yeah. Uh, film, pop culture, uh, politics you know, religion, all of those things, we, you know, we have to make ourselves think uniquely and, and independently about those things, because otherwise we're just believing it because someone else believes it. We're believing it because mom and dad said so. We're believing it because it's what's popular right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just, it, it, it just becomes uh, lukewarm. And so um, not that we feel that we have gotten off track or anything no that kind of got preachy but it's just the idea of you know we believe in in coming back to things and and just checking in hey do i still like this yes absolutely like i i feel like in my life the moment i started to truly be myself was when i stopped worrying about the opinions of my peers and others and started Mm -hmm. worrying about what i thought instead right you can't thrive off of the opinions of the people around you yeah that the only you should be worried about impressing yourself no yeah. one else yeah and um and that's the thing is i mean pure evidence is that over the years the prequels have become near and dear to many a people yeah um now some so dear that now the new stuff sucks and you know um but then there's also people that uh, you know for 50 years have been experiencing the original stuff and everything else sucks and it, and that, that's how we get those cultures is it's just this idea that this little bit of, of what I've experienced and the way I experienced it all those years ago um, is the way I see it forever. Mm-hmm. I think some people change when they have kids. I think some people change when they talk to other generations. I think um, all of those things can influence people. But overall, uh, you know, if anything, it's good to check in. Mm-hmm. Um 
it can seem like us going back and talking about each of the movies and why we like them can be a cheap uh, episode series because we didn't have any other ideas. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, it's just a matter of we're once again reinforcing why we love these things and we still love these things and why we hope other people would love these things. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing here is that you want to go back and rewatch Microwave Massacre. No, because <laughs> that's actually bad. Um, special. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so with us recently doing a what if uh, episode about the prequel trilogy, what could have been different and everything, yeah. uh, we thought it was uh, a good avenue to just go back to the prequel trilogy in general and revisit why we love them. Um, in the early days of the podcast, we did a series called 10 Things We Love About, and we mm -hmm. did each of the films, including the new ones, Rogue One and Solo and all that stuff. Um, we never finished that, I don't think. I don't think we ever did. No, we never did Rise of Skywalker. I don't think we did uh, any of the sequels, did we? No, we did Force Awakens and we did Last Jedi because Last Jedi had just come out. And uh, we we watched it like in the theater and then did 10 Things. No, we started with um, we started with Gindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Then did, yes, we did episode one, two, three, and we did it sequential. I don't think we did the sequel trilogy. I'll double check, but yeah. we might be doing it for the first time because essentially what we decided to do was, you know, with uh, our what ifs, we've done the prequel trilogy. We plan to do the original, and we plan to do the sequels. Yeah, and discuss what what could have been different about these things we love, and again, it gave the idea of well. Why don't we just revisit all together why we even love the way they are? Because, and, and, and we mentioned it a little bit in the What If episode of why we stay away from that and theorizing and, and um, fansplaining and, and fan fiction and everything mm -hmm. is sometimes we can delve so deep into what if that we start to grow bitter towards what is. Mm -hmm. And that's true of life. Um, you can spiral yourself into anxiety uh, and bitterness and hatred by what if, uh, you know, this work project doesn't work out? What if I don't get the job or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Call me out on the podcast, <laughs> no, how dare you? I, everybody goes through it, it, where we start to believe the narratives we've created. Now, we think it's fun and innocent because it's about characters and fiction that we love, but then you start to not love, you fall out of love with the way they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that your idea of Boba Fett isn't, uh, isn't genuine. You can have your own interpretation of the characters. I think to a point that's completely reasonable. Yes. But if you start to love your idea as the version over the version, like if you think your Boba Fett is the version that's in Empire Strikes Back, eh, that's yeah. maybe a little pushing it. Um, and, and so we, we try to stay away from that. So, And the whole reason is because we do love what we have. Yeah, I mean, I think a huge part of being a fan of something is acceptance of it how it is. Like, I I enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Am I a fan of the last season? Not necessarily. Me either. You've never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, then I can't be a fan of it, so it's still a true statement. <laughs> but yeah, it. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a whole. Not just, you know, seasons one through four? Who knows? I don't remember. It's more than Firefly. Are. <laughs> okay i'm just saying you're gonna um, 
we're putting out an advertisement for new co-host Nathan podcast. Fillion. We uh, <laughs> I, no, I'd dude. stick around for Nathan Fillion. Oh, I love that man. Oh, he's um, amazing. He's right up there with Henry Cavill. He gets a nerd herder handshake <laughs> <laughs> and more if he if he asks nicely. <laughs> can, can we phrase that a different way? Because nerd what? herder handshake just sounds dirty. I don't care. It's whatever they want it to be. <laughs> Come find us at. Uh, Celebration 2022 for a nerd herder. Right mansion. behind birth, booth 66. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing has to be perfect for you to love it. And at the end of the day, it's not our stories. It's ours in the sense that we're receiving it, but we didn't make this story. Yeah. It, it's ultimately, um, you know, obviously George Lucas, but then all the other writers and visual effects people and the the conceptual artists and everyone that ever touches Star Wars, it's their story because mm-hmm. they're helping shape it. Agreed. And so you're going to get something that's not 100% what you want because you didn't make it. Um, so, But it becomes about how you choose to uh, perceive it, how you choose to move forward with it and everything. And so, yeah, so with, with discussing what could have been different, it wasn't an idea of it's because what we got was bad, but it's because... Well, that's just interesting to think about. We got this, but what if we got that? Um, so it's it's a good avenue to talk about why we uh, love what we did get, yes. and and it's a it's a three year update uh, to our original um, series uh, of yes. of what we love about this series. And I'm going to restrain myself from talking too much. <laughs> about I don't the think boy. that'll be a problem. Um, no. Well, and that's the thing is we, we're also changing it from we're not sticking to a static list because um, I don't think that hurt the original series that we did. But no. I think it was a, a bit of pressure to come up with. Uh, a, it, we didn't rank it. We weren't saying it was the 10 best things or number one was no. better than number 10. But it still felt like <clears throat> it had to escalate. Like we couldn't yeah. put Darth Maul at 10 because, you know, it's a... It, so getting a w- rid of the list altogether and just being like, no, it, it we like this movie. It's just going to be an episode of what we like, whatever happens to come out. Yeah, and like it, like I said at the beginning, when we first recorded that episode, I had a low opinion of the Phantom Menace. So get ready for that opinion to have been changed mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. Just one eighty. Yeah. Three sixty. No scope. <laughs> Words. Words. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been very nostalgic for The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't I, it your first Star Wars? No, not. It was first in the theaters, yeah, because that's just how my life was set up in that I was born in a time when that wasn't possible. <laughs> I mean, I technically could have been sure. a newborn when the uh, special editions were re-released, but... Yeah, mom's um, just holding you up to the TV. Right. Um, not when they were re-released. Um, that was a few years after. I would have mm-hmm. been a toddler, but... Either way. Yeah, the sick VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The really long interview at the beginning that everyone skipped. N- then they shouldn't have. It's an amazing, it's an amazing interview. And, Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. I think part of what I love about the prequel trilogy is that it's so documented. Uh, and I really appreciate that because it was a very unique experience with George Lucas because he kind of walked away from everything. He'd done it. And um, there, th- there wasn't nearly the backlash because he kind of just continued what he was doing. But with every film, there seemed to be more percentage of people that were just like, I thought it was going to be different or I thought it was going to be, um, you know, more exciting or something. Like, it wasn't that it was the story he was telling. It's just that it, it was fan expectation, even back then. It, again, it wasn't as harsh, but it's probably just because of the 
lack of internet. I mean, yeah, the only reason it's as focal as it is now is because of the internet. Um, so with him walking away from it, not necessarily done with it forever, but definitely kind of like tired. Um, it was the fan response to, uh, you know, what was the expanded universe media, Mm -hmm. um, video games, books, comics, all the things that were happening, um, that were also, they were post, uh, uh, not Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi, but they were also um, trying to build other parts of the story that were before all of those movies and everything. And so George Lucas got to see that people still liked what he made. Um, it's not, well, it is and it isn't too dissimilar to uh, Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Bay was done with Transformers after the third one. Um, I believe it I'm, was the third one. I'm holding in the comments. I'm, I'm holding them in. I think it was the third one. Um, either way, he he was clear he was done at one point. Um, and I don't think anybody was very upset with that. Um, but then he went to Universal with his kids. And um, uh, and they, he saw the line of people waiting to get into the ride. I think it was uh, after the third one. Because after the third one's when they added it to Universal, I believe. And if you don't know, there's a great little bit where you can actually meet like Optimus, Bumblebee, Megatron. It's cool people in stilts and costume it's awesome and um it's a cool ride and people love it so he got to see oh people like it i can still make money uh with george lucas it was less about that like he was literally just frustrated that he had a story to tell and it didn't seem like people cared they just wanted to be entertained and that's been a unique part of star wars forever is it's it is entertainment but it's also a narrative it's it's introspective it's meaningful it's a space opera it's a tragedy. Right. Like, it, it's not all about the lightsaber fights and the action. It's about the story. It's Space Hamlet. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so that's what's interesting to get uh, the documented opinions and, and, and feelings of him up front of what he thought about, you know, both how he had to make the original. Because um, the idea, I mean, to be a creator, you have to sell out in any way. It can be a little thing. It can be big things. It can be changing the color of one of your paints. It can be completely recasting a character to create something you have to have money you have to have platform you have to have marketing Mm -hmm. and you have to uh pay for that in some way sometimes it's money sometimes it's creative choice so everything we get is never going to 100 percent be what he wanted to do because he didn't completely 100 percent do it and i know people will throw out there that he funded things yes he did but he still had to go through he didn't have his own personal theaters to you know rent out around the country to film that like it still had to go out to other sources mm-hmm. um so all in all to see him talk about how he was kind of reignited with a passion of like oh people care about star wars that's what it was not that people will pay for star wars people care about star wars so that's what's so much more tragic about coming back to it and seeing what people thought of the prequel trilogy this second chance coming of george lucas of wow people love this thing and then to see people hate this thing uh, it is very tragic, and it's understandable why he'd walk away from it completely. Um, and I don't think people get that. I don't think people to this day get um, the the humanity behind um, the executive choices that happened to transition Star Wars to Disney. Yeah. Um, they just care about re-experiencing the old things, you know, exactly like we were talking about. They want the way it was when George Lucas had it. Not because George Lucas was perfect, because those same people we could probably dig up old criticisms of. Yes. And and you've been honest that you have criticisms of those previously. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you, you've you remet and changed those. 
Yes. Uh, versus other people that have just outright forgotten themselves, I guess, forgotten they hated these movies, but all of a sudden now because they don't like the new ones and because women are in charge and it's all of a sudden political because it's never been political. Um, yeah, it's not now like it's not, Senate scene. Yeah, now it's not good. Now, it, now it's not good. It was much yeah. better when George Lucas had it. And it's just like, sure. Um, that was a whole tirade. But like all that to say, in, interviews with George Lucas, especially around the 90s, um, leading up to the prequels and everything like that, watch those. They, yes. Like, I'm not one of those, like, everything that comes out of his mouth is amazing and you have to listen to it. Um, but a lot of the times just seeing seeing the man, you know, I think, you know, yeah. we joke all the time, thank the maker and all this other stuff. But, like, just seeing him as a person who wanted to tell a story that people would like and be inspired by. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly how I feel watching uh, The Phantom Menace. I'm, I'm that that little kid he's talking about in the interview when he's talking about it was made for kids. It was made for kids that needed heroes and to be able to make the right choices and to know mm-hmm. that you can every day choose to be a hero or a villain in, in your story and other people's story. Like that was what I was receiving as a kid with my eyes glued to the television screen. And so that that's why it's always been super nostalgic for me, um, particularly this because I loved Star Wars before this, but this opened a whole new world because yeah. it wasn't just this little piece of media. It wasn't just this little bit of entertainment. But with the prequel trilogy, with The Phantom Menace, I started to see myself. I started to see and feel things. It wasn't just fun anymore. It was meaningful. Yeah. And that's only grown over the years. Not to say that the original trilogy hasn't become that, but... It wasn't that way, and and it's just because I was a kid. I mean, let's be honest. It was just because I was growing, and so when I came to that point, I was more mature, mature enough to be able to be like, oh, I want to be a good person because of this. I don't want to just be fun. So I'm going to shut up now so you can no. talk a little bit. No, you're fine. No, I, I, gen- I genuinely don't want to uh, overstimulate uh, the, my microphone. Well, <laughs> here's the thing is going back to what, you know, was said earlier about, you know, not being worried about other people's opinions. There is so much that can come from being vocal about the things that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we win. Not by killing what we hate, but by saving what we love. And to be entirely honest, I would not have been such a Star Wars fan if it wasn't for you. Like, I... I grew up with the movies. Mm-hmm. I had watched the prequels and the sequels, or not the sequels, and the original trilogies on those fancy v- VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I skipped through the interview, but that's because I was a kid. Luckily, you can find it on YouTube now. <laughs> exactly, and I have rectified that situation, and I agree, they are fantastic. But when I met you, we met through a Star Wars shirt, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, but makes sense to us. <laughs> I was wearing a Star Wars shirt. Yeah, yeah that's what stopped us. Um... And getting to know you and hearing you talk so much about what you loved about Star Wars, Mm -hmm. that was what convinced me to give The Phantom Menace another try. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what convinced me to give Attack of the Clones another try, because that Mm -hmm. was my least favorite movie. I mean, I feel like that's a fair ranking of a lot of people. (laughs) That's that's where a lot of people... It's understandable. I mean... Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about Attack of the Clones, because, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about all of them, so. I love what came afterwards from that, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, your passion for the prequels mm-hmm. is what ignited a passion in me to re-watch them and to reappreciate them, mm-hmm. because, you know, if it wasn't for you pointing out the little things, like Aura Singh, 
um, standing in the crowd or telling me these little tidbits like, you know, the crowd was little Q-tips painted. And yeah. like that, I, I just love listening to you talk about what you love. Oh, And same. it makes me happy. Yeah. There you well, go. Gushy moment for the podcast. Well, you you hit the nail on the head, though. I think is I, I I I wish people would understand that if you love something, fighting oh, yeah, fighting <laughs> against you know like if if you say you love Star Wars, but every other video of yours is Kathleen Kennedy this, Kathleen Kennedy that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, George Lucas would have wanted JJ did that, Ryan, you know, like if all of your media is just hating on stuff that you say you love. And I get if you think that that's not your Star Wars. That's fine. But then just talk about your Star Wars. Exactly. Talk about what you do love. Because I I feel like if you want people to love what you love, just love it. That's the thing. I mean, I wish I could get church people to understand that. If If you want people to love Jesus, just love Jesus. Exactly. You know, like if you want people to love your brand, love your brand. If you want people to love the work that you do, love what you do. Like... If you simply love what you love, that alone will inspire and change and, and, and do more than you. I mean, most people don't revisit and don't want to, um, quote unquote, lose an argument by admitting something's good because, well, you bullied them into doing it. Like, exactly. Like, and, and that's, the, that's the big thing. So, uh, yeah, I guess if, if that's the banner of what this is supposed to kind of be, it's just meant to be that. It's just meant to be... You know, digging in our heels and saying what we love and why and just being upfront that that's who we are and what we think. And exactly. that's that. And you know what, John? I love ska music. And that's fine. I don't. <laughs> I love metal. I'm aware of this. 